Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Gundam Double Zeta episodes 11 through 13. With us this week we have Scotty P. My other screen name is Skankin Monkey's Core Top. It's funny. Mine's actually uh, Skankin Monkey's Core Bottom. And mine is Skankin Monkey's Pure White Center. Not, not the core fighter. How, what, how are we supposed to combine? <laughs> I'm just the Oreo, the Oreo mush. <laughs> oh yeah, we have Luke too, <laughs> aka my bottom. Uh, well. I don't know. You know, I mean, some days you want to fly the core fighter, and then some days you want to fly the core top, and then some days the core base is fine. Uh, it just depends on mood sometimes, right? You know, how you how are you gonna fight Neo Zeon today? He just you go pick one. Just fucking leave him connected. It's the other option. <laughs> Episode eleven, activation. Devil Zeta. Char would leave them connected. Char, I I don't know. Char's a fan of docking. With Amuro. I'm sure that there's. <laughs> All right, um, so we learned that Marshima has a new weapon uh, for his Hamahama that he believes will defeat the Zeta, uh, and he hints that it's a shield, but we don't see it quite yet. Um, and Shara uh, Soon is just trolling the shit out of Marshima when, when they're coming in and basically like, doing this whole thing where she's like mocking him like and like recording him like a, like a reporter saying ah you want this to go in your report to Haman and basically as as he's like commiserating on his problems but his willingness to go get her again um it's actually pretty funny uh, but yeah she's it's a lot of back and forth where Shara's like yeah you suck and I'm gonna tell uh Haman and he's like no I'm gonna. I swear, I'll get it this time. Did you get that? Did you get that? Well, there was a part where he said something like that made him sound really good, and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, the mic wasn't on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why this podcast isn't better. The, the same thing happens at least a dozen times an episode. But he also mentions that, uh, oh, she is really acting like she's the king around here, and she can't do that just because she has king size mounds, which I thought was funny. <laughs> King it's not size a good quote, mounds. but that was the idea. Yeah. He did say king sized mounds is a actual quote from the subtitles. I have a yeah. feeling uh, three minutes in that that is a leading contender for the name of this episode. It's gonna. I don't be know. I think we should off the subreddit if we if we post king size episode one hundred and sixty two king size mounds. And, and this is the one where the namesake mobile suit of the series gets introduced we should probably pick something better but i if it was any other episode <laughs> i feel like yes um yeah so uh Marshma gets stuck on this mobile suit head he jumps on it that's getting uh, a, attached to a mobile suit and it's i don't know i like this whole scene like this is this is probably one of those scenes where everybody says that they hate double zeta for but i actually thought like the um 
comedic timing on all of this was pretty good and not over the top. Um, yep. So Shara tells uh, Marshma that they're like, because she she says that's my mobile suit, and he's like, "What? You're? I thought you were just some bimbo, some multicolored haired bimbo." And uh, she says she <laughs> she tries to avoid po po piloting mob mobile suits because she gets so worked up when she pilots them, so she doesn't like it. Um, and she says, "I get uh, really hot and exhausted." Yeah, we we basically, as we'll see later on, she basically gets so horny that she can't handle herself. I think they needed to put on some like vibration like balancers or something, so like maybe the seat wasn't just going off on her or something. I don't know. We we are entering a stretch of the show where things get horny for a little while. I you know I had that exact note. I'm like uh, Tamino must have needed to get someone he wrote this because there's a lot of like it was getting a little especially in the next episode it was getting to be a, a little much yeah the the way they wrote her is bad but <laughs> it's it is funny though time capsule wise to look at how these kinds of jokes are handled here in a show from 87 88 whenever this is and think about if this was a new show probably not a Gundam show, but some other mecha show produced nowadays, how it would be handled. Could you imagine watching this with like a small child, like, and seeing what she does in the cockpit and not just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'd, I'd had to have eaten it out on this a while back. If I was watching <laughs> one of my kids, like maybe when they're, I don't know. I think like, I don't even know. Ten. Ten I could do. Ten yeah, I could explain a lot of it away. Not right now. Ten to twelve, yeah, it would be mm. this would be awkward. Be like, uh yeah, she, you know, just really likes piloting mobile suits. <laughs> well, I, I think they are I think they skirt that line just enough that a kid could watch and not understand what was going on and be like, Oh yeah, she is weird and Mashima said she's weird. And I, I don't yeah, yeah, she's just... <laughs> it's it's not that over the top. It's I'm just imagine what it made me think about uh, just the way that the sexual jokes are portrayed here, where they really are still mostly innuendo, but only a little bit in your yeah. face about it. Uh, and then I was thinking about Cross Onge again, where every episode has between 30 and 120 seconds of what is essentially the softcore lesbian hentai. <laughs> Jesus. Did you, uh, uh, my, my thought during this was like, I wonder what would have happened if today the guy who made Garling and the Franks made this. It would have ended where it turns out that everyone on Axis was actually evil monkeys and we'd all be really sad and go, wow, I, w I watched that whole show for that. Damn. Such a good show up to a point. Uh, great beginning and then just down a cliff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Judo catches a chicken. <laughs> uh, the real title of this should have been the chicken episode because holy crap, there's a lot of chickens. <laughs> yeah, this I guess this harkens back to uh, a few episodes ago, Bright catching a chicken. But um, yeah, Judo catches a chicken, it pecks him in the face, uh, and then it gets over to Eno. Um, Eno seems to have a good, good hold on it, and... Uh, then he starts giving Eno shit about why he didn't turn Beecha and Mondo in uh, for them trying to turn the Argama in. 
Um, and this is, you kind of see Eno's motivation here because yeah, even though he was like tied up by these guys, he's basically like, well, you know, these are my friends and, uh, you know, my mama says you shouldn't turn, turn, turn your friends in regardless of what they do. And Judo like very pointedly says that could get us killed. But what Judo doesn't do is turn them in. Yeah. And also, when Lena interrupts them, and he wants Lena to go away because she doesn't want her to hear about this because she would snitch, uh, he throws the chicken out into the hallway and says, here's your meat. Uh, the chicken I enjoyed episode. it. It's better in context than it was right there. The, uh, the funny thing about the chickens is they actually did a really good job of doing visual storytelling with the chickens, I felt like, where they were doing, like, the glistening beak showing that 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 chick was about to fuck judo up. Yeah. The whole storyboarding of this sequence, it's that's one thing Tomino is very, very strong about. And you, you can see it here because it's shit going on. You're like, what is the point? But then it carries through the whole scene and has an impact. Even if it's minor, it, it ends up meaning something to the flow of, of the dialogue and what's going on. It makes these scenes that could be, very, 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 very boring if they were just two talking heads. It kind of keeps you interested in them a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So um, we go over and see Haro is uh, whining for Fa, and then Lena and Shum and Kinta, Shinta and Kum are like, she's not here anymore. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Shinta just straight tells Haro to shut up. Yeah. Um, but the kids start getting mad when um, Lena is basically going through Fa's leftover stuff in her room, sees a mirror, and is like, I'm going to take it. What's that? I understood that. Oh, as oh sorry. Yeah, trying sorry. To L. Them. What's that? I, I kind of interpreted that as her like trying to get a rise out of them specifically. Not so much that she was just trying to steal her shit, but... Yeah, I, yeah it was, I feel like it was both. She saw this stuff and knew Fa wasn't coming back. And she also just, I mean, she says at one point she doesn't know how to deal with kids and who cares. Um, yep. Yeah, so, well, Rue shows up a second later and says, you don't know how to deal with kids. And uh, Elle's like, mm, yeah, whatever. Um, and I think they break the mirror. It's like they hint it, but they never show it. I don't know. Maybe it's not bad luck in Japanese culture to break a mirror. I feel like if it was an American author, they would like, they would like zoom in on the broken mirror and then like fade to commercial. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Shinta and Kum decide that they are going to sneak off of the Aragama and head back and go be with Fa uh, because they're so unhappy with L and uh, Rue. And they're going to bring Fa and Camille back. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to work. From uh, Shangri-La. Yeah. And it's it's important because they're, like, openly discussing this in the hallway, which kind of leads into the next thing. Yeah. So, uh, Gauthan is still in the Argama in, in a little brig, and he says, hey, you know, if you take me with you, you know, I, I can help you get out. I can pilot a mobile suit. Um, he says, you know, I'm not really a bad guy. It's all Marshima's fault. Like I was just kind of doing what he told me to. I just want to, I just want to go back to Shangri-La and live a peaceful life on the colony. And if you guys, uh, help me get out of here, I can, I can take you to your friend on Shangri-La. And they're like, yeah, this is a great idea. 
And when Gotten mentions, oh, this is all my terrible commander's fault, it has this like, two-second cut to the Indra of Mashima sneezing, and I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, so, as they're trying to get out of the Argama, uh, Rue comes up on them, and um, Gotten is able to grab Eno and take him hostage, and escape into the core fighter. Did anyone else not question why the kids were able to open the brig? I think it's implied that they, even though it's one scene and then the very next one, I think it's implied that they probably go and sneak away and find some keys or something like, you know, it's a one way door. They can just press the unlock button from the outside, just not the inside. I mean, look, the way Argama security is, yeah, (laughs) they probably just, okay, we're (laughs) stupid kids. We're going to open it. Um, the other thing I enjoyed about when uh, Gotten takes Eno hostage, it's more of that uh, visual storytelling with objects and things because he runs into Eno who has a box of potatoes and then there's a potato peeler or knife or something that he's just some bladed kitchen. He uses tool. it like a shiv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they get into the core fighter, um, and then Judo decides he's going to get into the Zeta to stop Gotten. Um, and then it's like this whole hostage scene. It's like going back and forth. It's, re- it's really kind of chaotic because at one point Judo d- gets out of the Zeta again. Um, but they end up with Rue giving Gotten a normal suit. Um, one for Gotten and one for Eno. And then Lena is like holding a box and she like throws it into the core fighter and out of it becomes the chicken. Well, she brings him food. He demands food. Yeah. And she brings him um, food. He's like, it better not be chicken. I hate chicken. And she said, it's a fish sandwich or something like that, or like a white fish sandwich. He's like, oh, fish? Okay, I can do that. And then he, she throws it in and I can't remember if he opens it or if it just pops open. But It like popped open. Out pops the chicken from earlier. Who just starts yeah. to go fucking nuts in that cockpit? Yeah, and and Lena, I think, is the one that opens it, and she does this very terrible job telegraphing it. And you're like, oh yeah, this is like a little girl trying to act tough, and she's not good at it. She's like, <laughs> let me just open your box, which has your favorite thing, which is definitely not chicken. I'm going to open this thing that is not chicken now, and then she does, and it, you know. It's uh, it's funny because as Bright is watching all of this not work, he says, "Oh, I should have, I should have handled this myself." And I was thinking, "Dude, wait, wait! You of all people are gonna say I should have been the one to try to handle I thought someone that was stealing good. part of a mobile suit." <laughs> like, dude, no. Um, the other uh, funny, the other thing going on during this is that uh, Bicha and Mondo are scheming because they, they're seeing this happen and they're still trying to get in favor with these guys with um, Neo Zeon Axis. And uh, Mondo goes and gets Beecha uh, towards the, you know, the start of this before the whole thing with Lena and Rue and the chicken. And uh, Beecha is, is laying around reading uh, what I assume is, is porn in the Universal Century. It's Star Luster Magazine. Yeah. Anyway, and then they uh, get back to... They show them getting back to the MS deck during all the stuff with the chicken. And, 
of course, then, uh, yeah, then there's other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, when she releases the chicken into the cockpit, um, he accidentally kicks a button in the struggle with the chicken and shuts the cockpit, and obviously they, that makes it even worse. Um, and then uh, Bicha and Eno, Eno, sorry, not Bicha, not Eno, Bicha and Mondo, Eno and, and uh, Bicha just look so similar a lot of the times. One of them's a ginger kid. If they wear like the long jacket. I think that's what it, it's like. Every once in a while, if it's only a quick scene, it's like, wait, was that Beecha or, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Beecha, Beecha and uh, Mondo knock someone out and uh, open the hatch so Eno and Gotten can leave. So they basically open the the hangar bay. Did you mention about um, he gets on the intercom and says to my comrades on the Argama? Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice that one. Yeah, yeah. That's why they go do it because they say to each other, um, "You know, we're we're worried about what he'll say if we let him keep going. So let's go and let him out." Yep. Yeah. So they knock the fuck out of this one dude that's like hanging the at the hangar door. Like you almost feel bad for him because they like knock him pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, they like smash him with like a trash can or something like that. And then one of them, um, I can't remember which one says it, is like. Uh, is he gonna be all right? He's like, he's gonna be fine. Let's just go open the hatch. <laughs> he's not named. <laughs> um. Yep. So th- they also say one one of the things that they do say they want Eno to get out of the ship because they don't want Eno to squeal on them either. So that's part of the motivation between letting him letting them go too. Um. So the core fighter escapes. And the Zeta and Rue charge after the core fighter. Um, the core fighter, they're still fighting the chicken and squirming, squirming around. Um, uh, Gotten gives, uh, you know, his uh, normal suit to put on. It's like this sequence where, like, Eno's got his hands tied and, and Gotten's like, no. I'll dress you, little boy. Yeah, I thought really. I actually made a note about that. Like, so he puts his suit on. He's like, "I need my suit too." And he's like, "Then put it on." He's like, "My hands are tied." And he's like, "He's like, yeah, I'm not gonna untie your hands. I got it." And then it like cuts, and it's like one of those very heavily implied someone's getting diddled scenes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, his hands are untied. It was his, so important for his hands to be tied no, no, up. He's still tied in the suit. No, his hands were oh, his hands were free. I think that was just the that suit hands. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, the arms were like floating around. I was like, what the fuck was the point of that? No, he looks he looks like scarred and like damaged, and then he's like uh, in the suit and he can't he still can't move. Um. Yeah. So during all of this, Gotten gets distracted and they slam into an asteroid. And they both get knocked out of the core fighter. Um, and uh, Martian was there. <laughs> How convenient. Um, he, uh, it's the ugly Hamahama, and we we get a little. I think we get a shot here of the shield. So they've got he's gotten this nice big shield with like the Xeon logo and everything on it. Um, and yeah, so Martian picks up Gotten. And he's off to the Argama. I want to make a note. Uh, Gotten is like a 
a kind of a, a bit um, into Mashima here, and he's like, "Oh, Mashima, my lord, my savior." He's doing one of these, and God's like, "Oh God, disgusting." <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bright recalls the Zeta um, to come back towards the Argamug because they detect the Hamhama coming in, and. Um, then we also get to see Shara soon for the first time in a mobile suit. Uh, and she's just kind of like zipping here, there and everywhere. And I'm guessing she's having like a constant orgasm the entire time. It's really awkward. She's, she's getting weird and she gets on the you know radio and saying, Oh, I can't breathe. I'm dying. And Mashima is just like, okay, well, please do. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like the first just brutal, like, dick thing he's said to anyone. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, the Lavian Rose uh, is, oh, so they start heading towards the Lavian Rose, and the, the uh, sorry, I'm tired, guys. I've been working nights. <laughs> it's okay. So, Bright Contact says we need to contact the Lavian Rose for reinforcements. Yes. And then we cut to them and they have there's some implication that at least a little bit of time has passed because they have picked up Eno and Eno is now waking up on a bed not in his normal suit yeah the timing on that was weird it was just like the very next scene and they're like ah oh, well Eno's there and he's been picked up by the rose and what was he even near the rose when all this happened like Anaheim bitches work quick yeah um yeah so he he gets to he starts getting uh information about um the double zeta from from emery over there um, do they do they say her name no at they, all? they do not say her name until like episode 14 13 or 14 so. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it takes a long time to get a name for this i think at one point they um you know, she's addressed as deputy captain yeah um, but yes, this is Emery, which I think was possibly supposed to be Emily and just, you know. Maybe, yeah. But. Yeah, the Lavian Rose lady. Um, so yeah, Eno's basically given some information about the double Zeta, um, which we're like, oh, this is neat. We're going to get some new toys here. Got to yeah. get the Gunpla out a little bit faster than we did in Zeta. Well, Emery's going, this is the core top. Didn't Rue tell you guys about the double Zeta? And he knows like, the Gundam double Zeta? No. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so Camille is unable to really do any damage to the Hamahama. Yeah, um, he's on he's on Shangri-La. He ain't doing shit. Sorry. Yeah, Camille. <laughs> Again, I was super tired when I was watching this. I got the I got the general gist. Uh, sorry. So Judo is fighting the Hamahama, and this new shield is just beefy. Um, and not only that, it, when he attacks it, it has a counterattack. It has like three lasers that shoot out of it um, that kind of fuck him up. Yeah. So this is it, it, it's hard to see in the animation, uh, but these kinds of shields are going to be on Axis and Neo Zeon suits as we move forward in the series. So what this shield actually has going on is that it has these five points on it and there's three on the front and two that are almost out to the sides they look like thrusters but that's actually um like they, they sound 
like they, they sound more important than they are. They're these like small mega particle cannons in the mm. shield. So that's got a, you know, there's more of a back component to it than a lot of other shields. Like if you take that shield and turn it around instead of it being completely flat in the back, there's like a, you know, like a block on there because it's got to have something to conduct the power right. from the suit out of the hand and then into the shield and then into the lasers. Um, they don't explain any of this in the show. Um, it, it helps that I'm building a gunpla right now that has one of these shields. So, yep. yep. Anyway, so um, Bicha Mondo takes out take out a core fighter, uh, in addition to the the one that Rue already has out, and then um, Shara grabs the the their core fighter um, while she's ejaculating or something and throws them into an asteroid. <laughs> I, I had written um, Beach and Mondo are in a core fighter and they get fucked by Chara's mobile suit hate orgasm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, and then, you know, uh, Camille catches her. Not Camille. I don't know why I wrote Camille on this episode. I was clearly, wa- I was clearly exhausted right, watching this one. Um, Judo catches her from behind. Yeah, you heard that right, guys. Judo caught her from behind. Um, and she slices his shield in half. Um, but then she gets caught caught by a fake asteroid, which turn, ends up turning into a cool-looking cloak for her. And there's got to be a mobile suit variant of that out there. Because I know like they have the Gundam Exia with like the cool cloak version. They really need the R Jarja with the cloak version out there. I don't know, but the Exio looked cool when it did it. I like the Jarja. The Jarja is, reminds me a lot of the um, the Ashamar. No, not the Ashamar. Is it the Ashamar? The Ashamar is the UFO-looking one that you don't like. No, no, no it's the um, the one from War in the Pocket. The Comfer. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a Comfer with like. Some pretty cool shoulders, in a way. Um, there's nothing really super special about the R Jarja. I mean, it's got a beam saver. It's got some funky shields that have some armaments and missiles in it, um, and like some other stuff. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, it, it never gets to mass production. You, you see a lot of Axis prototypes in Double Zeta this one was one that very much stayed a prototype um i wrote it down as chara's red ms because they don't even name it for a while in the uh in the show but yeah well, I kinda so they mentioned it. it as the jarja at one point mm-hmm. i think yeah. but the, it was like very like it was like getting our jarja <laughs> like very quick uh it shows up in uh, twilight axis too apparently it's animated better but i don't see any uh kits for it out I'm sure there's some. If if it's in the animated version of Twilight Axis, I don't I don't remember it. But the animated version of that is very bad. I would like to find the, the novel or short yeah. story or whatever it was because apparently that's better. I believe it. I believe it. Um. Yep. So. What did you say? Oh, blood hobbler. What? The short story that you just mentioned. Twilight Axis. I thought he. I thought he said it was called something else. Sorry, no. Go ahead. 
I must have mumbled some other thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Shara grabs uh, Judo. I actually wrote it as Camille again. And um, Marshima blows the Zeta's head off. So she like basically grabs him from behind, and Marshima lines up and pops his head off. Um, Judo gets out of the Zeta and gets to a core fighter, uh, the one that Beach and Mondo were in, and flees towards the Lavian Rose. Um, we learned that Eno has taken my Scotty P, I mean the core top, and um, <laughs> for the double Zeta. The core fighter is being pursued by Marshima, and um, they're basically trying to get to the core top before they get destroyed, because they're, they're in hot pursuit. Um, now there was, there was a moment in here when... Uh, Mashima's trying to like chase after and Chara grabs the Hamahama and she's like Mashima my, my soul throbs and he's like great and like pushes her mobile suit away he's like go, go. <laughs> please leave um, yeah so they press a red button and all of the core fighters begin docking into the double Zeta this, this is like the quintessential like late 80s early 90s uh, we need to take up 30, 30 seconds of a show with stock uh, morphing footage. Fuck yeah, we do. <laughs> it looks really cool. It does look really cool. Um, just, you're going to see it a lot. It's like, for Scotty, this is like when, you know, Optimus Prime turns into truck mode or out of truck mode. You you get the, the long transformation scene every single I, I wish they did that, but they, they don't. Well, in some of the shows, they do, but not like in the old one. They don't. Yeah. But yeah, so for the next few episodes, you're going to have 10 to 15 seconds of double Zeta transformations. Yep. Got to buy it now, kids. You got to buy it now. Uh, so Judo, uh, you know, after it transforms, he's in the cockpit, and they show him looking stunned, like, whoa, it's so awesome. And then... He's like, oh, wait, okay. And then it cuts to Mashima, and Mashima here now, this is peak gunpla salesmanship. He's like, yeah, well, I don't care if it docked and transformed all at once. <laughs> I'm going to defeat you anyway. He's like making sure you know, you know that you get those features, but they're all at once. So I'm pretty sure you've made the the double Zeta that transforms. Have you made it, Luke? No, I haven't. You made it right, Scotty. Mm-hmm. And you don't... I think I remember from your comments that basically you don't ever actually want to transform it. Mm-mm. No. It's... <laughs> it's not terrible. It's more of that the main displays is obviously going to be mobile suit mode. And it, it's on on the double Zeta. Uh, the master grade is the one I have, the Verka, and the get, getting it. It's not terrible to manipulate, but one of the oh no, no, that was the Zeta that something broke. But anyway, um, the mobile suit mode is such a pain to balance. Mm. It is a terrible nightmare to balance. Why that master grade did not come with a special stand i don't know a lot of the like my, i'm looking at my infinite justice from seed destiny 
which is an awesome popular mobile suit. But even that has a special like stand adapter so that yeah. you can clip it at its center of gravity. This doesn't have anything like it. I'm looking up at the action base. It's it's like two action bases that I've Frankensteined together <laughs> where the arm of one is holding up the arm of the other just so it doesn't topple over under the weight of the of the model kit. But it's and pretty, right? It, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. I uh, I actually did something stupid on that one because I wasn't paying attention. I, I We should finish the episode, but um, let me get this out. People like hearing about Gunpla. That's... <laughs> yeah, I, I bought the expansion kit thinking, oh, well, you know, for the uh, enhanced double Zeta, because I was like, oh, well, you know, all it does is you, you get like longer wings and some other parts. Oh, it shouldn't be a big deal. What I didn't notice is that you really cannot retrofit that mm. to an assembled, completed double Zeta. You have to essentially buy a second of the kit if you already did this one and then use these parts at certain steps along the way. And Anybody wants one of those, like, you can hit me up. I'll, you know, It won't be expensive because I'm probably never going to do anything with it. <laughs> All right, Maybe so... should give it away. <laughs> Judo cuts an asteroid in half with his newly minted Double Zeta uh, and easily brushes off all of Marshima's attacks and destroys his shield and arm. Uh, uh, a good note is that he starts moving very fast. And it, it's very... It's shocking how fast he's moving. Like, Marshima's like, oh my god, it's fast. Yeah. Yeah, and I we're probably going to get more into the technology of the double Zeta as we go, get along, but yeah. Um, Marshima flees and everybody comments Judo on being awesome, and that's basically the end of episode 11. It's just like a long stream of, yay, Judo, you did great. You have this really powerful, you know, bleeding edge weapon, and you piloted it pretty well. Yeah, although Bright is looking at it, and you get old man bright's experience and he goes that thing's kind of complicated it is like this is i don't know uh and then the end of the episode actually has that like overlaid thing on the space scene as they're flying off with the um it's the double zeta carrying the injured zeta oh yeah with yeah. like the, the, the headless fighter. zeta yeah the key art and it's reminiscent of in zeta when there's the freeze frame of the Aldumla taking off with, um, oh, not Hathaway. The uh, single prop flight fighter? That's yeah, yeah, the, 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 the um, cat, cots on the yep. like hang glider. And I looked, it's not quite the same episode. I think that was Zeta episode 13 or 14 or something. We're only on 11, but it's kind of the same beaten story of, uh, you know, kind of getting through this first arc of things. Uh, I did go ahead and take some notes on the Double Zeta. I thought this would be a good place to get to them uh, since the next couple episodes kind of suck. Um, so I have a quote here about the Double Zeta, and I took this from the um, Gundam New Type Labs Discord server, which is for Gundam Breaker Mobile, and this was on the Damien Reviews team's review of the Full Armor Double Zeta. But I thought this was an excellent quote about the Double Zeta in general. So he says, The Double Zeta Gundam is an absolute powerhouse marvel of engineering. It's also a janky ramshackle mess that's barely held together by chewing gum and well wishes due to Anaheim Electronics wanting to use it as a tech demo for their Hey Look, It Turns Into Three Planes system. That's fantastic. 
Uh, but yes, this is something Anaheim built for the AU. They're like, yeah, go use it because it's definitely not them uh, basically beta testing with actual people fighting battles. It's, yeah, no. uh, it, it's funny because when I was watching the, the first couple instances of this thing popping up, I'm like, why is it three planes? What, what is that solving? What problem did you fix here? This seems unnecessary. Interestingly, so there is a trend in the later 80s in a lot of robot and mecha animation, especially for kids, that is moving away from your... Like in Zeta, we saw stuff transforming was the cool thing. And the double Zeta still transforms, but it transforms and combines, which is more on trend for a later 80s mecha. Yeah. Sure. Talking about like Voltron and uh, even leading into stuff like the Power Rangers, like the Sentai stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's much more, they say, okay, the transformation thing is done. Now it's more about combining. And when you combine, there's naturally a transformation. But each, like if you look at the Double Zeta, it's, it's not like a Transformers combiner. This is not Devastator where like the leg can fall off and turn into a dude. Yeah, you know, you can have the legs fall off and they turn into a jet, but they don't have... Like, you can't just turn them into legs and do anything, right? right? There's no right. intermediate thing. So uh, it's more like that. And if you look at some of the stuff, um, you know, when I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself with the Brave series, but, you know, it's Transformers brain talking. But uh, yeah. Transformers at the time, this is around when Transformers Victory was coming out. Uh, I think it, maybe a year or two before, actually. But that was doing more with combiners at this point as well. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, very on trend for it. but yeah the core top core base they've each got a core fighter um you can use just the uh core base with a core fighter just the core top of the core fighter or you can have core base core top and core fighter in a jet mode that's your g fortress mode and um yeah now the um oh and oh right yeah, i'm sorry the the combined flight mode with the core fighter, the flight cockpit looks different because that flight cockpit, as we'll see later, what they're actually doing is combining the double beam rifle with all of that mess. Mm -hmm. And that's where the cockpit is. It ends up being the back underside, like towards the double Zeta elbow in mobile suit mode of that. Um, so imagine you're the pilot of that and then it transforms back into mobile suit mode. You thought, Saji Crossroad had it rough in the in the um, double O riser, having to ride bitch with Setsuna. He was just backwards. People get he so was... uncomfortable in these things. Yeah, um, it's also got two hyperbeam sabers. They double as hyperbeam cannons. Two twenty-one tube missile launchers on the backpack. Of course, it's head Vulcans. The double beam rifle. But then there's the money Let's... shot. Let's save the biosensor. For the next episode. You know what? There's one more thing before the biosensor. Oh, okay. Which, you know what? We can save We can save that for the next episode, too. Because the biosensor doesn't come in until... Like, way well, it's got the same spooky stuff the Zeta has on it. But better. <laughs> I think it's the same. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I, it, yeah. I, I always got the impression that it was an improved version of everything, but... Judo is an improved version of it. That's also true. Episode 12. Lena vanishes. I wonder what happens this episode, guys. 
Oh God, are we still only on episode eleven? <laughs> <laughs> to be yeah. fair, the next couple of them are, are kind of. Eh. That's fair. That's fair. Listen, I made a concerted effort to take better notes. <laughs> this episode should be called "What the Fuck, Glimmy." Yeah. Yeah. Glimmy. So Glimmy is trying to prevent uh, Marshima from leaving the Endra. Uh, it looks like Marshima is basically just like fed up at this point. He's like, "Fuck this! I don't want to deal with this horny, you know, Iggy or uh, Ziggy Stardust motherfucker." Like, <laughs> I'm gone. And Glimmy's like, "No, you can't leave! You can't leave!" Um, Marshima and his crew of gays don't want to deal with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Glimmy thinks that basically Shara is gross and too horny. Um, and, uh, when, when Shara sees that Marshma is trying to leave, she's basically like, see ya. Bye. Um, and then words were, uh, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And then Marshma asks Gotham for backup. He's like, no, nah, I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Um, yeah. So Marshma is basically abandoned by everybody, but Glimmy. Um, Glimmy kind of like follows him like as much as he can. He's like, you know, you see the visual of a of a train driving away in a in a in a war movie, and like the wife or the kid like running after the train. That's that's what Glimmy does with Marshima as he's leaving. Um, Gotten points out that the Indra does not have the ability to stop the double Zeta right now. They just don't have the armaments for it. Um, and Shara says that they should go and uh, resupply then. And then she puts Gotten's face in her tits. They will resupply by ramming the Indra into the Lavian Rose. It's a good plan. Yeah. So, Judo runs up on a Zaku uh, MSO6 while they're practicing docking. So, you know, it it is... <laughs> it is a thing. They, while they're doing what? They're docking. <laughs> they're practicing their docking. Uh, but they also. And, I mean, sometimes it gets really hard, and, and you got to practice, or, or you can't fit them fit them together properly, and it just takes too much work. Sometimes when there's a lot of st stressful situation, you just you don't you want to be comfortable with getting together. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's always it's always hard. Always hard. Yeah, so they run up on a Zaku, and they're like, you know, you got to think back to what these guys uh, came from in their in in their background. They are. Um, salvagers so they're like hey this is a pretty much full zaku that's floating around in space let's take it and salvage it and sell it um and uh lena and lena and uh judo argue about it a little bit and uh because they're supposed to be on a supply run yeah but they kind of stop you got to remember these these kids are you know they're, they're from the bad part of town yeah and they're going, hey, look, this might be up on blocks, but look what we, what we could get for the rest of it. We've got to bring this back, and then we'll go do... Then we'll run to the store, yeah. but we got to get this first. Yeah. Yeah, um, Bright is pissed about the whole situation, uh, but Lena tells her... Or tells Bright that she'll take responsibility for Judo and, and correct him. She, she will issue Bright's corrections. <laughs> I, I like when Judo pretends he can't hear them and he's like oh it's the minofsky particle density oh, yeah can't hear you. 
<laughs> what? What? Huh? Must be the Minoskis. Um, yeah, so uh, Rue offers to escort Lena, and so they head out together to stop Judo. Um, and Bright makes a comment that he doesn't have any control over his ship. To which point I would say, like, aside from, like, the battles, when does he ever have control of his ship? Hmm, Char's counterattack. Um, and, and Unicorn. He, he does learn from this show, finally. But he's also, as he's sitting there on the bridge, he's he sits there and he's thinking about Hathaway and Nugget. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not a very good father, am I? Well... No, no, it, you, you have to go, the first thought he has is, um, he says, my, my kids are so obedient. I have such good kids. And then, you know, like my, my comment, like, I, I write, Bright says his kids are so obedient, the ones that never see him. And then like, finally, like the next sentence, he's like, yeah, I'm not a very good dad, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, they're so great. And then he's like, oh wait, you, it's unspoken, but he's like, oh, cause I never have to deal with them. <laughs> I just, I just kind of paused it right there, and I just pictured um, how Hathaway is definitely a spoiler warning terrorist. <laughs> He's like, boy, I hope my kids don't end up like Judo, whose parents are absent. Shit. <laughs> oh, Nugget, poor Nugget. I wonder if she shows up in any of the Hathaway movies. It's Gigi's real identity. No, that would be... Oh, that's uh, gross. That would, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the Indra attacks the Levian, Levian Rose at full bore. So basically it's uh, launching at full speed, shooting all of its weapons. Um, and Ever- Gotten and the rest of the crew are just like freaking out. And they ram the Rose. Um, well, now here's... There's a actually low-key kind of important moment here. Because... The crew on the bridge is freaking out. Chara's just being Chara. She's being weird. And Glemmy shows up to say, yeah. oh, we're about ready to launch the Gaza Seas, witnesses the whole thing, and is the only one calm enough to go st- fucking stop. He doesn't say that, but he's like, no, he like slow controls, the ship down, stop yeah, it. Yeah, he controls the ship so it doesn't destroy it when they ram it, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and they, they listen to him, and then, uh, you know, Chara afterwards like, who... Who ordered the ship to, to slow down? They're like, Glemmy, it was you, wasn't it? And then Glemmy just salutes and he's like, Oh, yep, Gaza Seas, ready to launch. See ya, bye. Yep. Um, yeah, so Glemmy launches to take uh, the Lovey and Rose's dock. Um, and Glemmy runs into Rue and uh, says he's ready to get the, his revenge for her, the, her betrayal of him. Um, but also that she reminds him of his mom a little bit yeah and rue's like do you oedipus complex is that what's wrong with you yeah yeah she says she has mommy issues (laughs) because mommy always told me to get revenge and she's like really really dude (laughs) um yep so Eno tells judo that lena and rue are at the battle to save the Le'Veon Rose. And um, Judo flips out and forgets that he's actually attached to this Zaku by a wire on his on his uh, core fighter and just, like, launches and it snaps the, contr- snaps the connection. 
Uh, and then everybody else basically snaps their connection to the Zakugu as well, um, which kind of floats towards the Argama and gets hooked on one of the the cannons. Um, there's that brief moment when they're all on the bridge, nobody's in a normal suit, and you can almost feel bright having a one-year war flashback. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, there's a Zaku headed towards the bridge uncontrolled, and he's kind of... You're just imagining him seeing his life flash before his eyes. Like, Some PTSD. Is this, is this how I'm going out? Like... <laughs> Uh, these kids. Um, yeah, Bright is not amused. Uh, and so he sends Eno out in the petite mobile to go get the Zaku and bring it in. Um, so Glimmy catches Rue and Lena. Um, and it, like, this, the picture here, it's, like, really weird. It looks like the Gaza Sea is humping the core fighter. It's, it's awkward. Um, well, I mean, Glammy thinks he's in love with Rue. Yeah, it's it's a lo- it's a love hate thing. Um, so Rue surrenders to Glammy and flirts with him a little bit, go uh, and then kind of like flo- floats into his hatch, and then she kicks him out into space so she can uh, escape with the, the core fighter. Uh, he had kind of. I wrote uh, Rue kind of tries to murder Glammy. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, she probably knew that he had like a, a backpack or something along those lines. Isn't, that's pretty standard fare for them, right? I, I don't think she gave a damn. I don't think she did either. I, uh, I because she doesn't really seem only... she doesn't seem malicious. He, well, yeah, she does. Anaheim bitches be crazy. She just pushed this man out into space. It's true. Just it's outer true. space, and he's only can get back because he has a grappling hook. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he he grapples onto his suit and uh um manages to pull himself back in while um Rue and everybody uh or Rue and Lena get away. Yep. Yep. Rue Rue makes the Gaza Sea let go and gets away by the time he gets back, so And he he, he specifically says like I'll kill you, or I'll get you back, Rue, for exploiting my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, F- basically being flirty is his weakness. Um, so Shara launches a defensive battle to attack the core fighters and protect the Indra. Um, they're all spread apart, and they can't form the, the double Zeta. Um, and they know that, that, that this is kind of like their strategy is to keep them all apart during this battle. Um, the Argama heads it towards the battle and, you know, in the meantime has managed to attack, attach the Zaku head onto the Zeta and launches in the Zeta Zaku. Please tell me there's a mobile suit for this. There's, there's gotta be. I mean, yeah, there is. You take your Zeta model kit, you pop the head off, you find your Zaku 2 model kit, you pop the head off and you stick it on the Zeta. I, but you know, somebody's like... This is like primo Bandai marketing. <laughs> I don't think they've actually done it. Because, <laughs> because, and here's why, though. If you want it, you do exactly what I just said, and now you've bought two model kits instead. But they're incomplete, so you have to buy two more and build them all over again. No, you put the Zeta head on the Zaku. <laughs> the Zaku Zeta. They made a, they made a, I'm looking right now, and I found a toy of it. 
like an action figure out of it. I haven't found a specific gun for it. That's good enough. Yeah. Which well, I, no, see what you do is you sell the Zeta Zaku because then they have a Zeta, a Zaku, and a Zeta Zaku. They've bought three. Yeah, my Gundam Artemis action figure, which I got because I it was this low key. This is all I can do to show that I would like physical merchandise and gunpla of some of the cool stuff from the mobile game, and that's the only thing that exists. Uh, so it's kind of a eh, figure, but bought it anyway. And it, the build a figure in that wave of that little series is the Zaku two, and the Artemis came with the Zaku two head. And so I was just looking down at that when I watched this episode, like, ah, that should have come with the Zeta. So they, they almost just did it, except it was the Artemis instead of the Zeta. Yep. yep. So as Eno launches in the Zeta Zaku, they kind of like tell everybody to tell Judo that the Zeta Zaku is not a bad guy. And he doesn't get the message anyway. And he's he initially starts shooting at it. And he's like, that's weird. <laughs> he, uh... He says, um, oh, wait, no, no, sorry. I was going to misquote a character. Let me get, One thing I forgot to mention was there's this neat detail when Eno's in the Zeta Zaku where he's trying to use the 360-degree camera functions, and it shows, like, stuff getting in the way, and then it just goes black after a while because of the way the Zaku's mono-eye camera would work. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, that's, a, that's a neat little touch. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a pretty cool little... I don't know. Here my or whatever. I said Zaku Zeta is waifu Zeta, which made me uh, this 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 creature made me happy. And I said also it's a total piece of shit. Glemmy <laughs> yeah. says we are under attack by a half-assed mobile suit. <laughs> um. Yep. So Eno is able to distract everyone uh, long enough for them to finally uh, dock with each other. Uh, and form the double Zeta after they finish docking. Uh, so yeah, we get another scene of the transformation, um, and then Judo just basically destroys all the Gaza Seas pretty quickly. Um, and then Shara is going to launch in her suit without a normal suit. Um, and then I feel like the only reason they, they made a point of her not launching in a normal suit is because then she like basically frees her titties. And um, yeah, th- this part was like it was getting a bit much. I had uh, a lot of like dot dot dots after what I was writing. <laughs> yeah, she she says she wants to feel the sensations of the battlefield, just like in the scene before Mondo and Bicho were doing, because it shows them in the back of the double beam rifle cockpit. Like, oh fuck, <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, um, yeah. So she she frees her titties and starts firing randomly. Um, and she actually does a pretty good job of dodging judo because he's like, you know, we mentioned how fast he was going before, but, um, she dodges him. And then, um, Shara like kind of grabs judo and makes him have like this weird new type space flash. Um, it was like, he just kind of like his brain detached from his body for a few minutes. And everybody's basically like, what the fuck is happening? Why isn't Judo moving anymore? Um, it's it's one of those Camille encounters woman on battlefield scenes from Zeta, except that Judo doesn't have context of who has grabbed him or 
why or any know anything about them or has ever experienced before and so he's just sort of like huh yeah he's like tripping balls out in the middle of this battle um so shara knocks lana out of the core fighter when it comes to you know shoot her from behind um and then judo snaps out of it and he melts out of it because lena falls out of the cockpit right right yep uh, and he melts one of um, Shara's shoulders, but not like completely breaks it. It's basically, it shows it melting and then it looks fine afterwards in the same scene, but there's some damage there. Um, but then he uses his head beam to blow Shara's bottom half off. Uh, but his, his head beam makes the Devil Zeta run out of energy. Yep. Now this was the part in the tech notes that I held off. Yeah, was was the uh, high mega cannon. They don't call it that here, but that's what it's called. Eventually, he will yell the name of the attack in the show at some point. Don't worry. Um, it's a 50 megawatt cannon. And the suit's reactor can only just barely power this thing. So that's why when it's used, it really limits the suit's operational time. They do a clumsy job of, like, this is what they're trying to show here, but they end up doing a clumsy job of it, which we'll get to. But anyway, this is, at the time in the Universal Century, that headcanon is probably the most powerful mobile suit-mounted weapon that has been created. And, yeah. So do they talk about ever with the headcanon... Because I always got the impression that the head cannon was kind of uh, augmented by the biosensor, so that's why I wanted to kind of bring up the biosensor and the fact that like the biosensor acts on the pilot's emotions and can make the, the suit more powerful. So if like if he's out of control and like ragey, um, his he may like send the head cannon more power than the suit can take, and that's why it kind of went out you're jumping ahead 20 to 30 episodes but you are correct yeah yes yep um now the reason i mentioned that they're trying to show that here right because he's like oh it won't respond doesn't have any power left but later in the episode not long from now he starts doing stuff again with it no problem so uh, (laughs) they they tried yeah so yeah, Shara is now half of a, mo- a mobile suit, and uh, Glimmy shows up and kidnaps Lena. Uh, he does not know it's Lena, by the way. He thinks it's Rue at first. Um, Judo finds out about Lena being kidnapped and uh, run tries to run off to get her back, but uh, Rue tells him that they won't find her out in this area of space. Because um, actually, he doesn't know that she was kidnapped. She he just knew that she was left floating in space missing yeah rue says she was taken by the enemy she does okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then he gets yeah he gets back in the double zeta he can't find the endra Uh, you see glemmy realizing it isn't rue and then um you get a shot of judo shooting into the air yeah you know with the with the one hand now it was just out of power unless we're supposed to you know assume that he was on the Argama with it docked for a lot longer than he was. That's, <laughs> I mean, he was just out of power, but okay. Well, they didn't show it docking with itself again. What the fuck? 
Anyway, maybe, that's what, that's maybe Astonage has that like fast charger, just plugs it right in. And... Episode thirteen, little sister. These these episode titles have sucked. <laughs> um. All right. So the argument is quality of these episodes. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It feels like. I, that the you know everybody's still kind of tired from the end of zeta so like they're just kind of like we're just gonna kind of wing it in and just do a whole bunch of like character and world building right now (laughs) well i have to say that i think they're and you know these are opinions so whatever you know everyone is welcome to their own opinions um but our next podcast episode is the moon moon arc Mm -hmm. which it's not hard to find on the internet. Someone say that they think that's that's rock bottom for Double Zeta. I disagree. I, I think it's probably um, probably this this episode we're about to go through. It's, just, <laughs> it's snoozer. I mean, the Moon Moon episodes are bad, but yeah, yeah. I don't think they're bad, but well, that's the uh, that's our next podcast. So. Yeah. All right, the Argama is back at the Lavian Rose. Um, we hear that the Lavian Rose is short on workers due to supplies from Granada being onboarded, uh, but they're still planning on devoting resources to resupply the Argama. Yep. And now we never see her, but look out because Kim has been named. Emery tells her to bring coffee to the green deck. Don't forget the milk, okay? Because they need to resupply the Argama. So I don't know what Kim looks like, but you've been named. Look out. Uh, Bright asks uh, all of Judo's friends to keep an eye on Judo uh, as they messily eat at a table. But nobody really seems to be listening to him. Um, but we know that uh, L does kind of listen to him. Yeah, I, I took a note here for just for you, Lane. Um, <clears throat> cuts to Bicha putting way too much ketchup on a hot dog, which then hits Bright in the face when he bites into it. Okay, you win, Lane. Anyone who puts that much ketchup on a hot dog does actually suck. <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. I, I, I have gotten into arguments with my wife about this. Do you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs? I hate ketchup. It's a worthless uh, condiment. Scotty? I said no. I, I no? Oh. Okay, I, think, I guess I'm, I, think, I guess I'm it, weird. I think so, you choose to put a little bit. Yeah. With other things, I, I'm I'm I think that's okay. That that's okay. But Beach it just slobs yes. it all over. So this thing. apparently, there's like a uh, like an American Hot Dog Association, and they they specifically recommend against putting ketchup on a hot dog. Unless it's for small children. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I like hot dogs. I like ketchup on my hot dogs. I like ketchup and mustard and onions. They took my men's club's trademarked name, the Hot Dog Association. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, look, you can like whatever toppings you want on a hot dog. What I was saying is the only thing he puts there is ketchup. And it's just like it's a river of ketchup. He he uh, He put some hot dog on his ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, 
Rue is watching uh, Judo and says that Elle's attitude uh, comes from her calcium deficiency. I guess she doesn't drink enough milk, so she's a bitch. Um, Elle finds Judo in a normal suit in the bathroom, getting ready to steal the ZZ, the double Zeta, to find Lena. Um, keep, keep in mind that may be a comment because Elle is like all of 14, and although no one here is Chara soon, Elle's not got really anything going on. So. A, a relationship with Bicha. As I said, not anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Judo very much feels guilty for the whole situation. He thinks it's his fault um, that she got caught, so he wants to go save her. Uh, and then Bright shows up to use the bathroom too. So, uh, so like they, we see like a little funny scene where Elle is like vacuuming the bathroom, and um, then. Bright kind of notices the legs of the normal suit under the bathroom, but he just, he doesn't say anything. Well, because they have it making it look like it's someone yeah. sitting on the toilet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think you can read it two ways. One way yeah, is yeah. he knows that somebody's, or he thinks somebody's using the bathroom. The other way is he knows what's going on, but he's trying to trust Elle since they had that conversation a little bit earlier. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think that's maybe the smarter way to, to read into it. But... You know, what you have right before this, though, is that Elle is, is trying to do what Bright said, but then, you know, she's talking to Judo, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm an only child. I don't have, I always wanted to have a sibling care for me like that. It's like, oh, oh, now she's going to help him do crimes. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bicha and Mondo are, quote-unquote, testing merging the Devil Zeta. Uh, in the docking bay, or the hangar bay. Um, and we know why Beach and Mondo do anything that they do. They are planning on stealing the double Zeta uh, once they've got it docked. Um, Low-key reintroduction of the Gundam Mark II. Oh yeah, it, it's there. Yep, it's in the background. It does not... Now, what is never explained, because of the, the colors, and it was... You know, the original units were all in Titan's colors, and this is an Ayug colors. All I can assume is that it has been repaired mm. now that they're at the Livian Rose. Like, they took whatever mangled mess was left. Actually, no, that was in okay shape, I think, right? Because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think... Emma, Emma gets toasted from leaving the cockpit like an idiot. That's yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, I think this one's just been repaired and fixed up. Um, and they really didn't have anybody that could pilot it up until this point. Um, so, uh, Judo notices them doing the testing, and then L shows up with the normal suit on, like, a stretcher or something, on, like, the lunch tray thing. Yeah, like a lunch cart. Um, so, he tries to st take this, the normal suit, um, but he gets stopped mid-attempt of trying to get it and go to the Zeta. Um, Glimmy is trying to turn Lena into a proper lady in this next scene. It is very awkward and bad, and, like, unless Glimmy is, like, an eight-year-old kid, it's, it gets even creepier, um, because, so he's, like, trying to teach her manners, how to eat, and, um, we all know that they're, like, poor kids from, from, from a, a, a janky colony, and so she's, like, eating with her hands. And then, like, he's, like, under the table, and he gets a panty shot, and, like, 
I don't know. It didn't go too in depth, but like it was enough of like a very specific mention that they that he saw her panties that I was like, all right, this is creepy. And then he's like continuing to like chastise her as she said she's like gonna go to the bathroom. That um, she like spins and um, gets another panty shot. Look, it's an uncomfortable scene to watch, but. It gets worse. You know why? Because this is foreshadowing. Which we'll get to. But god damn it. It's the one thing <laughs> the one thing you really get from this though that I don't think we, we got a lot of before is like Glimmy is very wealthy and more than what we had been led to know he was in previous episodes, right? Like he has a butler on on this ship. And this isn't even his ship yet. He gets a ship very soon. And yeah. So, um Yeah, that's just creepy. So Shara is going to get her get in her Arjarja and she tells Gautan that she hates fighting and um we get another low-key mention that Glimmy is one of Haman's favorite pilots. Yep. And, hey, our Georgia, them legs, no big deal. Blasted by a high mega cannon and melted away into space. Yeah, they needed to be resupplied, but they can, like, replace a whole half of, like, a prototype mobile suit, no problem. I mean, they usually send probably four or five sets of legs when they send a prototype. It's like the Methus. They're like, look, stuff's gonna, stuff's gonna go wrong. Just, um, it was not meant to stay functional. Yeah. So she launches. Um, uh, Char, go ahead. Did you check out Char grabbing those control sticks when she gets in the cockpit? Talk, talk about a hot dog association. <laughs> There's some stroking going on. There definitely is. Yeah, so Shara uh, launches while Lena is a trying to escape from Glimmy. Um, he holds her very gently while he refuses to let her escape. Um, and while he's holding her, like the Endra starts shaking, and we see Shara basically humping the Endra in her suit. Uh, and Gautan is basically like, "What the fuck? I yeah. always have a bad set of leaders." He's like, uh, uh, can we can we go can we can we go do the th do the thing now? Can I go can I go put my life on the line in a space battle instead of having to do this? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably like, I imagine if it got never broke the fourth wall, he would just like look look at the screen and say like, why why are you guys doing this to me? Why? He's oh. he's like Axis's Jim Halpern or something. You know? <laughs> He's just sitting there like, oh. what the fuck? Um, so Judo sneaks out through the, or Judo tries to sneak out through the air vent in the room that he's being held in. Uh, but, you know, and L start a fire to distract Judo's guards and the smoke rises up into the vent. So he's basically forced to get out of the vent. Uh, but they come in and pull him out of there anyway. Um, so... 
Shinta and Coom help Judo escape while L uh, tries to figure out how to pilot the Mark II. And this is very much like Amuro Ray style piloting where she's like holding the manual and she's like, all right, so this does this, you know, move the stick this way. <laughs> she's like, how does this work? Hey, it's the manual. I'm going to RTFM. We're fine. Yeah. Let's go. Page two says to do this. Um, yeah, so uh, Rue tries to stop Judo from escaping, but he manages to get away. And um, Beecha and Mondo run into Bright, and he's wondering why they're in normal suits, but they're like, oh, no, we need to get to the deck right now. So he's like, oh, okay. Um, and then we get to meet this female guard again. Uh, we, we've seen her once or twice in this episode already. Um, so like, I don't know. It's weird. She, I feel like she's meant to be something because she keeps showing up, but I don't think she ever gets named. Does she? Anna? Anna? Yeah. Did she ever major? The one that was like guarding the kitchen? Or yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, I don't think she ever matters. I don't, yeah. I don't. If she does, I don't recall it. I'm going to see it on this rewatch. But She's like a tier below Astonage. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Double Zeta and the Mark II launch. Um, L continues reading the manual and learning how to pilot. And um, they both run into Gotan dragging an asteroid uh, with Shara in her mobile suit behind it. Uh, we learned that the asteroid contains spider bombs. Yeah, well, and and uh, th thank you, Judo, you beautiful angel. He says, wow, they repaired that really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they were originally going to take out the Argamo with these spider bombs, which seemed like a pretty good plan, but now they're going to take out uh, a mobile suit that can watch them deploy these spider bombs. Um, so L hits one of the bombs with one shot and it blows it up and doesn't really do much, which is a note for later. Um, Judo engages with Gothan and we see uh, Beach and Mondo hiding in the double Zeta. Um, Glimmy is told during this, this scene that Lena is the double Zeta pilot's brother and Gatan wants to use her as a hostage. Um, so they start bringing her out onto, like, the hangar deck or whatever. Um, Glimmy thinks the Mark II Mark II's pilot is Rue, because I guess he can, like, sense the estrogen with the new type abilities or something. Um, so he gets Lena in the normal suit, and he's going to, like, do an exchange, right? Well, and it, well, yeah, and, um... So like they're on the radio, right? And and Glemmy like doesn't want to use her as a hostage, right? And then he sees the Mark II, and he's like, "Gotten, find out who the pilot is." And Gotten's like, "Dude, combat, no." <laughs> no. And then yeah. he ends up doing it anyway. But then once he all he hears is it's a woman, and then Glemmy's yeah. like, "Oh, that must be Rue." It has to be Rue. She's the only female pilot. She's the only woman in space that can pilot a mobile suit, other than Shara. Um <laughs> uh, so Judo blows up all of the spider mines with one shot whereas again Lena's shot from earlier just blew up one his one shot blows them all up. Um 
And then he sees Glimmy and Lena on the Endra. Um, Gotten basically says, you know, surrender or she dies. This is kind of like, I feel like Gotten kind of vacillates back and forth between like being like a good bad guy and a bad bad guy. And this is clearly where he's a bad bad guy. Um, and out of nowhere, Beach and Mondo separate the double Z Zeta in the middle of the fight. Um, and then Gotten is like firing on him and, you know, he sees an opportunity. Um, L manages to return fire and damages Gotten. Uh, so it kind of like pushes him away and, uh, Shara just gets pissed off and demotes him on the spot. Um, <laughs> uh, Bicho Amando, uh, gets stuck on the Indra and the yeah, double Zeta, huh? They crash on the Indra, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they like get like stuck on like between like a wedge of something on the Indra. Uh, and then the double Zeta is like in a whole bunch of random pieces or core fighters now. Uh, I think there was a piece that we missed too that I, I forgot to mention where like one of the core fighters got slightly damaged or something along those lines. Um, and the the episode just kind of like ends with Judo vowing to get Lena back. Yeah, and uh, Emery's on the Argama Bridge and she's she's really happy watching the battle because Anaheim lady and she's like oh this is just great we got two new types here talking about Ellen Judo yeah and Bright's like um... you got a lot of new types here I'm a new type yeah that that was a not great episode 12 and 13 are character building episodes for mostly Eno and L, which is which is good. They needed it. But man, they don't accomplish a lot otherwise. Um they're kinda There there are times I criticized Zeta for feeling too long and this is where I would have to levy the same criticism at this one. It's it's just a little it's a little stretched out. It's not doing anything bad. It is moving the plot forward a little, but it's slow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the whole, like, getting Lena kidnapped is, like, it builds up Glimmy's character, uh, and it builds up Judo's motivations and character and everything like that. Um, but this is not the high point of Zeta. <laughs> All right, you guys got anything else for this one? All right, we will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Check us out uh, at New Type Flashpod on Twitter and uh, wherever we post on on uh, on the Reddit's. I think we're still trying to get trending on our all. Uh, yeah. We're we're at American, like twenty or thirty upvotes, so keep going, guys. The American Hot Dog Association subreddit. Yeah. Ooh. If they have one, that's where I'll put it this week. <laughs> All right. See you guys in two weeks with the Moon Moon episodes. Till then. Peace. Wait, that's the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs>